All right, let's, uh, let's get into the Word for a little while. I've, I've got some things uh, for us this morning from the Holy Spirit that I believe are, are going to be of a great help and benefit uh, to you. The, the difference is in the doing of God's Word. Hearing the Word of God is important, and faith is awakened in our hearts when we hear the Word of God. But the Bible says that if our awakening of faith, if, if, if hearing the Word of God and that inspiring something in us never translates to us actually doing something different or, or better, that, that it it's, it's basically lies dormant. So faith without works is dead. And so I always try, uh, with the Lord's help, when I present the Word to you, to present it to you in such a way as for you to be able to take it and run with it, so to speak. In other words, for, it's, in other words I'm, not, I'm wanting to do more than just preach a good sermon. I'm wanting to do more than just uh, tell you something that impresses you or amazes, amazes you or inspires you. I want to present it to you in such a way where you're able to uh, apply it, is the right word, thank you, Holy Spirit, where you can apply it um, to your life. And, and that is, um, I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the ultimate assignment uh, anytime we have opportunity to share the word. And so we've been talking about a true worshiper. And Jesus told us that Father is looking for true worshipers. And if there's a such thing as a true worshiper, then we also know that there would be a unreal or, or false or fake worshiper. What, what Jesus called um, the opposite of a true worshiper is someone who worships God in vain, someone who worships God in vain. Well, if you do something in vain, that means it's, it's not accomplishing anything and never will accomplish anything. And so we don't, we don't want to be people, we don't want to be men and women who worship God in vain, but we want to be uh, true worshipers. And we mentioned a time or two already, I'm not gonna go back into all this, but where we see in the scriptures where, you know, different times throughout the course of human events, where Father God was looking for, you know, when Jesus said he's looking for true worshipers, trust me, you want to be the man or woman that God is looking for when it comes to his heart for these things. We see in the Old Testament where God was looking for a nation to become a nation of priests for the rest of the world. He wanted the, his chosen people, Israel, he wanted them to become a nation of priests for the other nations in the world but they refused. They said, no, thank you, sir. And, and, and we see that God had uh, an alternative plan, uh, temporary alternative plan, where one tribe of the 12 became priests for the other 11 tribes of Israel. But how many of you know, Father never quit looking for a nation of priests. And he finally found that nation of priests in you and me. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. So you want to be the person that God's looking for. Just trust me on that one, okay? Uh, and, and if you have read the scriptures, you know that when you're that man or woman that he's looking for, amen, your, your life uh, uh, is on the increase in uh, amazing, amazing ways. Now, we said at the heart of true worship is someone who honors God. A true worshiper is someone who honors God. And what we see in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 is that God honors those who honor him. Let me read this verse to you. I'll put it up on the screen. It says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me, 
For those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so the word despise here means to, to treat lightly, or to value lightly, or to esteem lightly. And we see that because there were people who treated God lightly and casually, like, you know, he's really not that big of a deal, it put God in a position to treat them in that same way. So the principle, listen to me now, this is so important. The principle is that God will honor those who honor him. God will honor those who honor him. Let's not confuse God loving people with God honoring people, okay? These two things are different. Does God love everyone? Yes. Does God honor everyone? No. God can only honor those who honor him. For God to honor someone who is living in open rebellion against him would be for God to endorse their rebellion. For God to honor people who are not paying any attention to him, living life their own way, making it up as they go along, would be for God to say, it's okay, just keep doing that. And to give them a false sense that it would be okay to give God your, your, your least effort and so forth and so on. And so this is not about you do for me, I'll do for you. Matter of fact, the Lord spoke something to me during praise and worship, and it fits in with some other things that I'm working on. But let me just, I believe this is for everybody, but it's definitely for somebody. The Lord, the Lord spoke this to my heart. He says, I don't want you doing anything for me that I don't do with you. See, we, we always think about what we're going to do for God. I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to do this for God. Listen, none of that means anything to him if you're not doing it with him. It's not just doing it for him. It's doing it with him. And we set off to do all these things for God that God never asked us to do, that he never instructed us to do, but we think we're going to somehow do all this stuff for God and make God indebted to us and, and, and so forth and so on. The only thing that we do for God that's actually pleasing and honorable to God is the thing that we do for him and together with him. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Where we include him in this, okay? And, and that's one of the mistakes that I have made at times past in my life is that, you know, I just get all amped up and I'm going to do this for you, God, and, and, and watch me go. And that, that's, that's not what pleases him. He wants to do things with you. He, he wants to cooperate, co-labor together with you and for you to be included uh, and for you to include him in these things. Now, let me, it's been a minute or two since we've used one of these statements, but let me, let me um, put this in here, okay? Philo, this is where we have feelings in your heart for the Lord, translated into our English word love, philo without agape. Agape, remember the first thing I told you when you hear the word agape, is that I want you to think love, I want you to think respect. First thing I want you to think of when you hear philo is, 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 is feelings. So philo is, is feelings. We have feelings for somebody in our heart. Agape is when we have respect for them. And so the real problem, one of the real problems we have in the body of Christ today is a whole bunch of folks have philo for the Lord, but they don't have any agape. And so philo without agape for the Lord will deceive you into thinking grace from God makes honor for God no longer necessary. Are you following what I'm saying here? It was just like, well, you know, we, we have all these feelings in our heart for the Lord and, 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 and God has given us all this grace and somehow honor now is outdated, that, that, that honor and respect and, 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 and these things are, are no longer apply in the New Testament. And my friend, nothing could be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, here's another one related. Philo without agape for the Lord is at the root of many deceptions, but none more costly than the lie that philo is a substitute for honor. That philo is a substitute for honor. 
Warm, fond, affectionate feelings in your heart are good and they're important, but they're not enough. And they're certainly, they're certainly no substitute for you honoring the Lord. He didn't say, I'll honor those who feel me. He says, I'll honor those who honor me. Now, a few things that we've covered is that God is a God of honor. We said honor originates with and flows from him. We also said that honor is an outward tangible expression of an inward attitude. There's a typo there of esteem and respect. In other words, it's an outward expression of an inward attitude of esteem and respect, esteem, value, where, where you recognize the worth and the value of, of, of God or another person in your life. And, but then honor is something that's outward and tangible. That's why the Lord says in Proverbs 3, to honor him with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So notice, as we honor God with our possessions, he honors us with increase. When God, when God increases you, it's, it's a, sign, an, an, a sign of him honoring you. Are you seeing this? Him honoring your tithe, him honoring your offering, him honoring your service, him honoring your alms, where you do things uh, above and beyond tithes and offerings for people who are in need. And because honor is an outward tangible expression, something that can be measured, something that be, can be quantified, when God honors those who honor him, he will honor you with something that is visible and tangible that can be measured, that can be quantified. That's important right there. That's important right there. Had a great conversation with a, with a brother yesterday, and, and, and I, I had told him in, a, in an earlier conversation that I see God's hand upon his life. And, and, and he was asking me in a, in, a, in a secondary conversation about it. He's like, what, what exactly does that mean? And, and, and it's, it's kind of hard to put into, into words, but, but when God's hand is upon somebody, you, you will see, as the honor of God upon a person, you will, you will see uh, that uh, increase and, and the fruit of that being produced in their visible life, okay? Now, I want us to, there's a lot that we could review and, and even build on from last week, but let's uh, go to uh, Romans 13 and 7. And um, we looked at this one briefly uh, last week, but um, I want us to turn here again uh, this morning. We talk about honor. We said that honor bridges the gap between what's in your heart and what you actually do. It bridges the gap between what's in your heart and what you actually do. I want you to think about some very important relationships in your life and a potential gap that may be, um, that may exist between what's in your heart for that person, but, you know, that relative to or compared to what you actually do for that person. And so honor is taking that next step where you actually do something, you say something, you, you, you tangibly express to them in a, in a meaningful way um, what you feel about them, what you think about them, the, the esteem you have for them in your heart. Now, Romans 13 and 7 says, Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom 
honor. Now, this may not be the most glamorous way, but stay with me because there's something important here. When we say honor is like taxes, it must be rendered to whom it is due. You know, who enjoys paying taxes? You know, so it sounds like honor is this albatross around our neck. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to go honor this person. Oh, I've got to pay my taxes. No, no, listen to me. There's something deeper here that, that, that we're going to um, unearth. And no matter how far we get in all of this, I have a, I have a word from the Lord for you this morning. And, and I'm, I asked the Lord, should I start with that or should I end with that? And I really feel like he said to end with it. And so I'll skip down in my notes when we start running close on time to make sure we get that part stated. But let's, before we go there, honor is like taxes. It must be rendered to whom it is due. It's not exactly like taxes, okay? But notice that taxes... Um, are put in the same passage as honor, which means they're both something that are due and they're both something that must be rendered. Okay? Now, let me just give you a few statements here and let's start to try to unravel some of this. Honor is owed and must be paid, but should not be thought of as a debt but as an expression of gratitude and respect, okay? Now, when I say it should not be thought of as a debt, I'm asking you to really hear the spirit behind what I'm trying to say or what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to you this morning and not necessarily the letter. Because we live in a world that has traded honor for um, a very cheap substitute. And it goes something like this. I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. So honor is owed, but never paid to put someone else in your debt. Or honor is owed, but never as an effort to try and somehow even the score. Honor is not about keeping score. Honor's not about, um, okay, I've, I've honored you and now you owe me something. In other words, if your flesh catches on to this and it's like, oh, okay, God's going to honor me and I need to be honored because I need this and I need that. So let me see what I can do to, to fit a little more honor for God into my schedule. Um, see, again, this, this is you trying to, to put God in your debt because, okay, God, now I've honored you and so you owe me. That's, see, that's, that's what I mean by... Um, Honor is owed and must be paid, but should not be thought of as a debt, but as an expression of gratitude and respect. Not where you're trying to put God or anybody else in your debt, nor is it you trying to somehow pay that person back for something they've done for you. It's, it's, it's about gratitude. It's about respect. It's, it's about recognizing the value of God or someone else in your life and then communicating that in a tangible way. Jesus commented about this version of honor. And let me um, just, I'll put a couple of verses on the screen. It's in John, the fifth chapter, if you want to study it more uh, later on. But in, in, in John chapter 5, verse 41, Jesus said, I do not receive honor from men. Okay. Now, when he says he does not receive honor from men, he goes on to say that he receives honor from God. 
Okay? Well, how, how, how is it that Jesus was able to receive honor from God? The same way any person that's ever lived on this planet. Jesus came to this earth as a man. Jesus received honor from God because Jesus first honored God. Jesus wasn't honored by God because he was the son of God. He was honored by God because as a son of God, as the son of God, he honored God. And I say a son of God, he was the firstborn. He was the only begotten, but now he's the firstborn. So now as sons and daughters of God, we can honor God and be honored by God. But the reason Jesus says, I don't receive honor from men, it's because they, they were playing these games where they would pat one another on the back and honor one another um, because th that would put another person in, in their debt and, and so forth and so on. So notice he goes on in verse 44, he says, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? So notice now, their system of honor, their system of honor completely factored God and, and what God has to say about it out. And it was all about recognition. It was all about, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. It was all about, you know, uh, let, let's, let's uh, give recognition uh, to you this week and then you uh, recognize me next week. And so it was that good old boy network. Anybody familiar with that one? Okay. Now, I used, a, I used a, 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 an expression just a moment ago, an honor system. You ever heard that expression, honor system? What's an honor system? You ever launched a boat, and whoever owns the boat ramp requires, you know, I don't know, $5 to launch the boat, and they got a strong box there, and it says $5 to launch your boat, uh, honor system. Um, and in other words, there's nobody there to collect the money. There's nobody that says, you pay me before you back your boat down my launch ramp, okay? Um, and so, you know, it's honor system. In other words, they're trusting you. Notice the connection here between trust and honor. The highest honor is trust, okay? Um, downtown parking, there's some places like that where you pull in a spot, you look at the spot, you know, your number spot, and you go to a strong box and you fold up the money and you slide it through a little slot. Nobody's there keeping score. It's an honor system, right? Now, whether or not you, you honor that or not, let me give you another example, okay? We have a lot of people now that in other parts even of the country or, or the world that participate in discipleship class. And in order to receive a completion certificate for discipleship class, you're required to attend 30 out of the 36 classes. That's generous, amen? 30 out of the 36 classes. And um, so people say, well, how do you know if we, if we did it or not since we're not there to, to take role? I say it's very simple. It's an honor system. It's an honor system. And if, if you tell me you've seen 30 out of 36, I'm going to trust you, okay? And if you want to cheat and lie uh, about getting a discipleship certificate, then take the class again next year because you evidently didn't learn anything. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm saying? Right? It's between you and God. It's an honor system, okay? So... God operates off of an honor system. That's important right there. God operates off of an honor system. See, he didn't put the commandments in place because they were going to make us right with him. He put the commandments in place to help us realize that unless he makes us right with him, we'll never be right with him. But what God ultimately has always wanted to have with you and with me is an honor system. You honor him, he honors you. Hey, are you seeing this? Okay, let me keep going here. So, so he says, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Fear of man is a snare. 
And do you know why we fear peoples? Because we want people's honor. We want people to honor us. We want people to respect us. We want people to have favorable opinions of us. We want people to have fond places in their hearts for us. And, and so we fear not having that, and that becomes a snare in our lives when we choose to please people rather than God. And that's just another way of saying, you could substitute, how can you believe who seek to please one another and do not seek to please God? They're men pleasers instead of God pleasers. They're, they would rather have somebody else honor them than God honor them. And it's kind of like when you pray to be heard or you fast to be seen or you give to be recognized. Remember what Jesus said. Um, you have your reward from that. Whatever benefit you felt in the moment from doing that for the pat on the back that you got from it is the only reward, is the only honor um, that you're going to get uh, from that kind of motives behind praying, giving, and fasting. Thank you for that one, amen. You helped me over there, Brother Ryan. Nobody else seems to be helping me this morning. I appreciate you, brother. Amen. Now, God, you've heard this statement from me for many years, but to tell you how important I believe honor is, I really believe the Lord instructed me to amend the statement. The original statement is this, God is an eternal community living in absolute communion okay god is an eternal community living in absolute communion now some of you have never been here for when i taught on these things some of you it's been a while and so i'm going to do you a quick uh refresher as to what that means but let me give you the amended statement okay god is an eternal community living in absolute honor and communion okay god is an eternal community God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Not one God manifesting himself in three different ways at three different times. No, one God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're eternal. That's an, a community is two or more people existing together for the mutual benefit of, of the members of the community. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are the original community, they are the eternal community. Are you with me? Okay. Now, they live in, we used to only say it this way, they live in absolute communion. Communion, I want you to think of not the ceremony with the, with the cracker and the, and the juice. Communion means sharing. Sharing. Okay. So we live, physically live in a community. This church is located in the community of Hueytown. Okay. And people form communities and have governments over those communities for the mutual benefit of all the members who live in that community. And so we have things like policemen and firemen and paramedics. We have trash pickup and, and things of this nature. All these different services. I'm, tr I'm just trying to simplify this, right? Um, but then what do we do as citizens of the community? How do we share to, to receive the mutual benefit. We pay taxes, we pay sales taxes, income taxes, so forth, and so on. Property taxes. So are you seeing how a community works? So the strength of any community then is determined by the communion or the sharing of its individual members. If you've got a whole community full of people who never share anything with any other member of the community or the community at large, it's gonna be a pretty dysfunctional community, right? 
not going to be any money to pay the firemen. Nobody's going to answer the 911 you know, when you call. So all, all of these services, obviously it's more than that, but I'm just trying to show you that a community, again, two or more people existing together for the mutual benefit of all the members of the community. And when we say God is an eternal community, existing, living in absolute communion, we, we see that, that Jesus shares everything that he is, everything that he has, and everything that he can do with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shares everything that he has, everything that he is, and everything that he can do with God the Father and God the Son. God the Father shares everything that he is, everything that he has, and everything that he can do with God the Holy Spirit and God the Son. You still with me? Let me just real quickly tell you what everything God is, everything God has, and everything God can do. That's the glory of God. The glory of God is all that he is, all that he has, and all that he can do. And so when we say they exist in absolute uh, a communion, this is why Jesus said, I'm not here to talk about myself. I'm here to point you to my Father. And he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he won't talk about himself. He'll point you to me. And when he points you to me and you look to me, I'm not going to point to myself. I'm going to point to the Father. Are you seeing this? Jesus, in obedience to the Father, came to this earth. Okay? Amen? Jesus prayed to the Father that the Father would pour the Holy Spirit out upon you and me. Are you seeing this? Okay. So God is an eternal community living in absolute communion, but the addition to this is that they also live in absolute honor. God is an eternal community of honor. Oh, sweet Jesus. An eternal community of honor. Now, are you ready for this? This... If, if you will let the Holy Spirit help you grab this a little tighter in your heart than you've ever grabbed it before, it, it's, it's enough to change your life before you walk out of this room, okay? God is an eternal community existing in absolute honor and communion, and they created you and me to be a part of their community. They created you and me to be a part of their community. What kind of community? Absolute honor, absolute communion. When it came to our redemption, did, did Father give a part of what he had? Did he give a little bit? Did he give some? Did he give most? No, he gave all. He gave his very best. Are you seeing this? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit agreed together because they never disagree. Why do they never disagree? Because they exist in absolute honor of one another. He gave his best. Why do you think he honored you that way? He gave you his best because he wants you to give him your best in return. Amen. Amen. Honor is the lifeblood of every healthy relationship. Now, you know that I, I, relationship to me is, is a vague word. We were created for more than just relationship with God, and we were created for more than just relationship with one another. The, the Bible word is koinonia, it's fellowship. Fellowship is something much deeper, much more intimate than relationship, okay? I have a relationship with Regions Bank. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Okay. So fellowship, your marriage 
should be a fellowship, not just a relationship. You should have more than just a relationship with your children and grandchildren. You should have fellowship with them. And you should have more than a relationship with God. You should have fellowship with Him. As a matter of fact, the Bible's very clear about it, that Jesus paid the price that He paid so that you could have opportunity to experience the same level and type and kind of fellowship with God the Father that He experiences and enjoys. That we've been called into the same fellowship with God the Father as Jesus the Son. Man, that's powerful right there. That's powerful right there. So, Honor is the lifeblood of every healthy relationship. The Lord spoke that to my heart, and I was like, okay, man, that sounds good. Let, let me put that in there and kind of moved on. It's like the Holy Spirit prompted me, said, are you not going to look up the word lifeblood? I said, well, I guess, what, did I not spell it right, Lord? And so I clicked on it, I looked it up, and so here it is. Lifeblood means the indispensable factor that gives something its strength and vitality. Makes me want to run a lap right there. Honor is the lifeblood of every healthy relationship. If you want a strong and healthy marriage, learn to honor your husband. Learn to honor your wife. You say, Pastor Mark, the Bible doesn't say uh, for the husband to honor the wife. It says for the wife to honor the husband. And for the husband to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. There is no greater honor. There is no greater display of honor of any people group that has ever existed on this planet or ever will exist on this planet than for Jesus to do for you and me what he did for us to honor you and to honor his father who asked him to do it. The indispensable factor that gives something its strength and vitality if, if the relationships in your life are weak and not experiencing a lot of vitality, vital, vital means life, okay? It adds strength and life, strength and life. Come on now, strength and life, amen? Maybe we should look at our honor level. How, how, how well are you honoring people who work for you? How well are you honoring the people you work for? How well are you honoring your children? Children, how well are you honoring your parents? How well are you honoring your neighbors? How well are you honoring your husband, your wife? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? In other words, if, if what the Holy Spirit is saying is true, and the Bible certainly backs it up, if honor is the lifeblood of every healthy relationship, and lifeblood is the indispensable factor, you understand what indispensable means, right? Without it, it, ain't, it it's, it's, it's dead in the water, okay? So the indispensable factor that gives something its strength and vitality. All right. So honor is the respect and esteem you have for God and others. You say, it's, it's kind of like um, when I give you a definition for glory, all that God is, all that God has, all that God can do. Okay? If you look that word, the doxa of God, Strong's number 2222 in a Greek lexicon, the definition is very fine print that's like this much in one column and this much in another, right? And, 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 and even those words, you know, it's, it's English words trying to capture something that's eternal and spiritual. And those of you who've been around here long enough, you know that I try to go not complex but simple. Jesus came to take the complex and make it simple. 
Is the glory of God more than all that God is, all that God has, and all that God can do? Yes. When Moses saw the glory of God, God referred to his glory as his goodness. I'm going to allow my goodness, my glory, my goodness. He used those. He, God used, speaking of his own glory, he used um, glory and goodness interchangeably with one another. So there, there's, there's much more to it. And, when, and, 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 and so when we use this word honor, I'm trying to give you, again, let's go back to where we started this morning. Honor uh, has to be understood in such a practical way that, that we can do it. Are you with me? If you don't understand honor well enough to do it, then we're wasting our, I say wasting our time, we worship God, so we're not wasting our time, but we're, not, we're missing the point. Thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning. So honor is the respect and esteem that you have for God and others that's expressed in a, in a tangible way. Now, I want to do this. I, I'm, I want to get to the word that the Lord gave me for us this morning. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just pause for a moment? Amen. Lord, we are going to honor you this morning by hearing what you have to say and recognizing it as something that if you were standing here in our midst today, Jesus, if you were on this earth, physically on this earth, that this would be something you would say to us this morning. And I thank you for helping us hear it and receive it in the urgent and timely manner that it needs to be heard and received and responded to. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. The word of the Lord this morning, and I'm going to put it on the screen. Honor is too important to leave to chance. The world you live in is trending away from honor. If you are going to be men and women of honor, you must push against the current of this ongoing trend. Like anything essential to my best for you, there is resistance surrounding a lifestyle of honor. Honor never happens accidentally or randomly. Honor requires deliberate and intentional actions. Honor for me and others must be taught, demonstrated, and learned. Honor must be practiced and developed. It must be planned and scheduled. I will honor those who honor me. So render honor to whom it is due and begin with those to whom it is overdue. Amen. It's something personal, so I'm not going to go into all the details. But the Lord recently laid it on my heart that there was somebody who has been very, very dear and precious to me since I was a small child. And that I have tremendous respect and esteem and value for him in my heart. But that I needed to honor him in a practical, tangible way. 
Amen. And, and this is what the Lord said to me. He said, because it's overdue. Are you hearing me? It's not just due. There's one, you understand there's one thing for it to be due. I'm asking the Holy Spirit this morning to speak to your hearts. Because I believe that there are people in all of our lives who aren't just due honor, but it's overdue, and, and in some cases, long overdue. Are you hearing me? It's long overdue. Now, the part that I jumped over to get to this, and we'll come back next week, and we'll talk about this. In the same way, you cannot love God and not love people. God says, if you say you love me and you don't love the brother standing in front of you, but you're going to talk about loving the God you can't see and not loving the, the, the person that's standing in front of you, he, you know what God said? God said, you're a liar. That's strong right there. So you, you cannot love God without loving people. But let me tell you what you can do. You can love God by loving people. Same is true with honor. Same is true with honor. That was basically a, a, a key part of our sermon last week, right? Honor father and mother. Matthew 15, Jesus made it very clear. He said, you cannot honor God and at the same time dishonor your father and your mother. He said, if you're dishonoring father and mother, it makes your worship of God in vain. You're worshiping in vain. If you're trying to worship God, honor God, and skipping over people, living, breathing, functioning human beings that are due honor in front of you. Amen? How do we honor God? There's a lot of ways we honor God. But one of the primary ways is we honor Him by honoring other people that He's put in our lives. Amen? All right, stand with me this morning. Praise God. All right, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I feel compelled to do it again. Honor's too important to leave to chance. The world you live in is trending away from honor. If you are going to be men and women of honor, you must push against the current of this ongoing trend. Like anything essential to my best for you, there is resistance surrounding a lifestyle of honor. Honor never happens accidentally or randomly. Honor requires deliberate and intentional actions. Honor for me and others must be taught, demonstrated, and learned. Honor must be practiced. That one, there's a lot of words and phrases in here right there. But when the Lord said that right there, honor must be practiced. Not just practiced like something you do, but like practiced like, like a, a baseball player practices hitting, running, throwing, batting, catching, right? Are you following what I'm saying? He practices it. Why does he practice it? He practices it to get better. He practices to, to sharpen his skills. Um, so when we say it must be practiced, if you're going to be good at something, you've got you to you start trying. You've got to start practicing, okay? It must be practiced and developed. It must be planned and then scheduled. If there's someone in your life that honor for them is long overdue, then, then how about a plan? How about make a schedule? 
How about putting that on the calendar? I will honor those who honor me, so render honor to whom it is due and begin with those to whom it is overdue. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for what you're saying to us. And Lord, we know that every word that you say to us is because you want good for us. You want more for us. You want better for us. Father, I thank you for the many, many precious people in our lives, Lord, who have blessed and sustained and helped. And, and Lord, I just, I just thank you this morning, Father, that you're teaching us honor. Lord, that, that the community you created us to be a part of is a community of honor. <laughs> you operate on the honor system, Father. Yours is the true honor system. And Lord, we want to function and operate in the system of life and living that you created us to function and operate in. So teach us honor. Teach us how to be men and women of honor. Teach us how to practice it and get better at it. Lord, show us. Show us ways, Lord, creative ways, things that we can do for people, things that we can say. Lord, we can honor somebody with a text message. Lord, we, we, can, we can go out of our way to, to, to carefully choose words that you will help us uh, put together in sentences, Lord, to, to honor someone. Practice it, Lord. Develop it. Live it. Father, thank you for teaching us as a family of faith how to honor you. And thank you, Father, for honoring us according to your word, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, you're loved. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for um, the opportunity to share the word with you today. Uh, remember the uh, tea today from 2 to 4. Um, ladies, it's, it's an event um, uh, almost worthy of, of Disney uh, uh, accolades as far as the setup is concerned. Pam's did a great job of that, so... Just be blessed. We love you. We'll see some of you later today, the rest of you later this week. Amen.